Welcome to Evolve to Succeed, the podcast that brings together entrepreneurs, founders, business leaders, and experts to talk about their journeys and explore the link between personal and business success. I'm your host, Juan Munson, founder of Evolve, a coaching, training, and development company focused on enabling business and personal success and creating a community of like-minded individuals. Whether that be through our peer groups, one-to-one coaching, our training and development programs for you and your teams, or through our content and events, our mission is to get the best out of each individual and inspire them to be better both in life and in business. If you want to learn more about Evolve, including our beautiful co-working space in Ashley Cross in Paul, then please go to evolvemembers.com where you'll find great content, insights, details of all of our services and also information on our forthcoming events. For now though, let's get on with the show. Welcome to this week's episode. Today I'm talking to Ismail Dane-Hine, founder of GiveMatch a match funding platform driven by energy of social media on which people can double their donations, thereby making the same impact at half the cost. In 2022, it raised over £10 million for charitable causes. And Ismail has great plans for its expansion into other countries, as you'll hear during the course of our conversation. In light of the cost of living crisis, it's becoming really important to make it easier for people to donate. Data from GiveMatch showed that charities lost out significantly this past Christmas, with 4 in 10 adults saying that they gave less than the year before. The good thing is this same data revealed that more than a third of people would rather spend money donating to a cause close to the heart than buying presents, with 10% of Brits saying they are happy to receive no gifts at all if charities could benefit. Interesting statistics. As well as an understanding of this, we get to understand Ismail's motivations behind founding GiveMatch. I also wanted to get his thoughts on the future of GiveMatch, what he's learned from his early mistakes, and his thoughts on his entrepreneurial responsibility. He also reveals how some significant early experiences define his path towards entrepreneurism and talks with great depth about finding his true values, his introversion, and the effect it has had on his perspectives and what it means to do well by doing good. Please do enjoy the conversation. Welcome, Ismail, to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's great to have you on the podcast. I'm really keen to learn more about you, more about your leadership style, some of your entrepreneurial ventures to date, but predominantly you're on uh, the uh, podcast to talk about gift match. So for our listeners, perhaps Ismail, you could just give us a little bit of an insight into gift match and what you know motivated you to start it really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so gift match, essentially just to describe like the things that led up to gift match, essentially a frustration of the younger generation of donors in the modern age uh, in a very kind of hyper social world having to deal with uh, very transactional, uh, functional websites. So what we try to do with GiveMatch is essentially build it for the modern social world and build out a platform that makes giving social. Uh, so that's essentially what uh, what GiveMatch is. It's, uh, it's a platform um, that uh, shows the donors the momentum that they can create by getting their friends to donate on a platform in a very visual way. And um, it also incentivizes donors to share their campaigns 
and the incentive is in the form of a match donation from their favorite brand or their favorite kind of celebrities. Brilliant. Fantastic. So it is really using that power of social media for good, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's the idea. Definitely. Definitely. And what motivated you to start the, the business? Uh, where do I start? So, um, uh, so then I, I, I previously um, was in the space of e-commerce uh, as, 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 as an entrepreneur. Um, and before that, I was in tech uh, as well. So I had a few uh, two or so failed tech startups. And then um, something possessed me to think that I can do something in care homes that kind of failed. Um, and then I went into e-commerce. Um, and e-commerce is the thing that kind of uh, took off for me. And um, for the first two years of building out that e-commerce brand, it was just tons of fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but then very quickly became bored and uh, in true kind of millennial uh, style, wanted to find something that inspires me and something that makes me, uh, you know, just lights up that um, fire in my belly. And uh, so I started to uh, borrow off some of my older experience um, uh, in tech uh, to say, to, to think, how can I use tech to build out things that I think uh, could be uh, kind of very meaningful in the world and uh, started to build out side projects while I was still building out this e-commerce platform. And then we built out uh, something called My 10 Nights. And uh, that is just a very small, uh, well, I say small, but it's gone on to raise over 50, 60 million dollars around the world now. But it was definitely small at the time. Um, and uh, so it raised about 100, just over 100,000 pounds in a period of 10 days. Um, and we did that on the side. And um, I just remember very vividly, there was one user in that first very scrappy beta version of the site where the logo was outstretched and nothing about the website said that you should trust this to put your credit card details in, but people did. <laughs> and um, there was one user who'd uh, made 18 separate attempts to process a payment, but failed to do so. Um, feel very bad for him. But um, it, it, it showed me that, wow, like this is a product that people really want. And um, we saw donations from over 80 different countries around the world. Um, and this is all from a very kind of scrappy um, initiative like me and a couple of mates um, that put this website together. And then, and then, and then we said, well, like the, the, the power of like harnessing technology for the sake of good um, is just infinite. And we've never witnessed any kind of power momentum. It felt like catching a dragon by its tail at the time. And then so a few years went on and then we and then we built out my 10 nights more and more. Um, and it was a completely pro bono uh, kind of uh, work on the side. And my fascination for e-commerce just dwindled very, very fast. And um, okay. I started to, to take more of an interest in this other thing. And so myself and the collection of uh, kind of friends got together and, and, and from the learnings that we had over my 10 nights, um, over the over the years, building it from one hundred thousand pounds to like fifty, sixty million dollars in America, yeah. Canada, Europe, Australia. Wow. Um, we we learned a lot about a donor psychology, um, charity, and some of their kind of deepest pain points, and what was broken about what was broken with the current model of giving online. And so there was a few uh, problems that we felt that we could solve. And so we got together and said, okay, why don't we build out something um, at a much more substantial uh, level outside of this kind of seasonal 10 day a year campaign. And, uh, and, and, and yeah, that's what kind of put us on to give match and, um, and, and being kind of very 
um, uh, living in the kind of modern social world, uh, we felt that we had to redesign uh, giving from the ground up in a way that really made sense and put kind of the fun and uh, the social component of uh, giving uh, back into its place. Because it's a giving is a very kind of social event offline. Um, yeah. where you're kind of actively giving to somebody and you're you're seeing the impact, etc. Whereas online, it can be quite faceless. Mm. And that takes away and kind of almost robs you of uh, one of the biggest kind of upsides or, or benefits of giving. And so we're trying to kind of slowly restore that into the modern experience. It's true, isn't it? I suppose, yeah, when you sort of, even if you respond to somebody that's sent through a kind of sponsorship request, then it's a very transactional experience, isn't it? There is no joy there is no interaction there is no kind of engagement it's like i'll put my credit card details in and yeah. sponsor and you know you get a message back from time to time and stuff like that to say thanks but yeah it's very transactional isn't it so yeah i can see what you're setting out to do i mean you by the sounds of it, you've got a fascinating story ismail and you know and you're on your linkedin profile you talk very openly about those very early you know in your younger days those very early tech kind of apps that perhaps yeah. did you know did fail didn't go where you wanted them to raised a bit of money for them um you know and how do you where do they fit in your journey what do you think you learn from those experiences oh god uh i look back on those days they were painful whilst i was kind of um just wading through it but uh, i look yeah. back on them very very fondly and uh, uh and they've really kind of shaped the way that I view entrepreneurship and allowed me uh, in hindsight now to have a lot of fun um, uh, being an entrepreneur because of the lessons I learned uh, in those in those early days. So yeah, I made I made all, all the mistakes in the book and um, yeah. coming from like a very uh, kind of working class background in, in, in South London, I didn't have any predecessors um, who were able to um, kind of guide me through it. And so I made uh, some of the mistakes that I think <laughs> are embarrassing now, but at the time they, uh, they, 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 they seemed fairly kind of intuitive uh, uh, for me to, for me to do. Um, but yeah, like uh, I look back now and uh, I, I look at it as uh, really as an advantage where I had almost like a clean slate um, with entrepreneurship and I could find my own path, could find my own mentors um, and, um, and, and, and forge, uh, a version of entrepreneurship that really felt authentic, uh, to me. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and now kind of hopefully blossom into, uh, a, a form of entrepreneurship that I just thoroughly enjoy and find so much meaning from every day. But yeah, and, and, and having to go between different sectors of like tech and kind of, uh, care homes, which is a very kind of the almost complete opposite of tech. You're dealing with yeah. very old people in, in a very physical environments. Um, that that care home startup uh, or business never saw the light of day. Failed very quickly. Uh, no one would give us uh, two million pounds at that age. <laughs> so yeah. so that, uh, that that didn't go, go go very far. But then having to explore all those different uh, kind of sectors uh, allowed me to then decide on something that I felt could really aid or bring my vision of what I'd like the world to be and look like uh, to, to, to fruition rather than having that almost handed down to me uh, in a way that, oh yeah, our family's in real estate, you're going to be in real estate and yeah. that's all I know. Um, I, it, it really gave me a chance to just 
like uh, find yourself, explore, find the thing that was going to work for yeah, you. And yeah, obviously, yeah. then had you know, and then had some great you know success in raising funding and and success in that e-commerce world, as you say. Which yeah. you know, congratulations and great on that. And I, but I think you know when I read a little bit about you and we did that kind of research, I think you seem really now, and it comes across in that conversation, focused. You know, you were really focused on, as we are all were or are at times, you know, focused on outward success and money to now wanting to use that kind of entrepreneurism for good. And it, was it a light switch? I mean, you sort of explained a bit of that story, but was it a light switch or do you think it was just actually I'm now I am financially secure and actually I want to go and do some good? I mean, can you remember the actual moment where you felt like there's a shift happening within you? Yeah, no, absolutely. I wouldn't call it a light switch. It was almost like more like a dim light just going down. <laughs> just, <and> just slide <laughs> means and... Yeah, yeah, to, to the point where kind of just darkness overwhelms you, and then uh, you you have to you have to take action. Um, but yeah, I mean, my journey was quite was quite strange. I ne I never kind of aspired to be an entrepreneur, or like from a young age felt that I need to be very kind of um, materially successful. Um, I only realized the urgency of material success when I grew up like past teenage years and I realized uh, for the first time um, how little we actually had in the grand scheme of things um, now as an adult and having understood the kind of the material resources that you actually need to make life work um, yeah. and, and, and that shelter being like kind of removed or unveiled uh, is when I realized oh wow I actually have to gain some material kind of wealth and um and uh, and then the moment that i realized it is when uh, there was a um a utility bill that was shared on our whatsapp group our sibling whatsapp group and uh, there's i have like six siblings there's seven of us and uh, like together combined we were unable to cover it and it was about 37 quid and at that point i really felt like a like yeah. something is broken <laughs> I, I need to do something yeah. And, um, and and then I realized that um, getting a regular uh, job uh, probably isn't going to satisfy uh, like kind of the, the kind of uh, resources that I need to accumulate in order for like my parents to be okay and kind of help them out of the, kind of the the, 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 the environment and the situation that they, they were in. And then I saw entrepreneurship as the only way outside of the system that could actually work because for a number of reasons growing up that the the the, the, um, the options available within the system uh didn't 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 inspire me or didn't encourage me very much and so um entrepreneurship seemed to be my last shot or my only shot and uh, and that's kind of my in 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 my segue into entrepreneurship um but but I, I realized for a lot of other people, like entrepreneurship is very kind of glamorized and they feel like, oh, it's very sexy. And, and, and it's that's like, not that at all, is it? Yeah, it's 99.9% <laughs> of the time. Yeah. It's not like that for at sure. all. Uh, but yeah, but that, that was my inroad to, to entrepreneurship. And then I, I, and then so for the, the, the first two, three years, the urgency was I need to get uh, kind of material wealth and mm. that's going to be the thing that um, sets everything right. Um, and as soon as the material uh, kind of resources did come and we were able to cover that £37 bill <laughs> um, a few times over, then at that point, uh, it, yeah, it, it, it very kind of quickly dawned on me that um, life can't continue uh, like this. And um, there's 
like I almost felt like I had almost mastered the the material world and uh, I felt like um, I felt very kind of underwhelmed by it mm. um, and then and, and then decided that there has to be more and then instead of venturing outwards um, into the outside world I decided that I'm gonna um, try to venture to the inside world um, and then and, and, and then and I guess that's the stage that I'm at and uh, just exploring a kind of deeper connection deeper meanings with with, with people um, around me family friends etc and then kind of the work that I do now um, seem to be much more vivid or clear expressions of the values I hold quite close to me and so that's kind of the shift of um, in, in, in perception and, and outlook that I've had yeah and it, but it definitely sounds like that, you know, even in this short conversation and, it, you know, it's the first time we've spoken and, and all of those kind of things is now, I think, yeah, it feels like you're now doing something that replicates your true values. Yeah. And having created that security, it's given you that opportunity to probably find your true self again. Would that be true? Yeah, for sure. And I, and I, and I feel um, like every day, it's strange because, it, it, it really depends on kind of your perception and how you approach um, kind of the world uh, and life. And now I, I see thing like time has, has very much slowed down for me um, after I've jumped off uh, kind of the, the hamster's wheel. Um, mm. And I feel like that, that, that things are a lot, a lot more deliberate um, and, and, and more measured uh, now. And I feel like day to day, I'm able to um, do things that I'm more convinced are in line with um, uh, the, 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 the version of myself that I want to, to see at 80 years old, at 90 years old. And, uh, and, and, and yeah, I feel, I feel like every, everything really is an expression of the values that you hold closest to you. And uh, I just feel very fortunate now that I can, I, I, I really have time and space and the mental headspace to sit down and uh, craft that out in a way that I just don't feel um, um, just our culture as a whole uh, affords people that kind of time and space as, as, as a privilege or a luxury to, 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 to really assess how you craft you know, your, your, your sense of self. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think it does, does it? I think, you know, we live in a in a world that is very demanding, high pressurized, whatever you do in life, isn't it? And there's so many demands on all of us at all given times that, you know, to have time to just stop, think, reflect, understand who you are. And, you know, I suppose a true sense of happiness at times is, you know, actually living your life to your values, isn't it? And not exactly many people that. actually in this day and age get that chance and that opportunity. For sure. So we t- we've talked about one of the myths of being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, being that kind of it's all glam. <laughs> um, but the other, I think one of the other myths is, um, you know, you to succeed, you've got to be a very outgoing extrovert kind of character. You know, you've got to be out there, um, you know, and again, you know, reading stuff that you've put out there, Ismail, you're very much a self-confessed introvert. <laughs> yeah. So I, I suppose... I suppose I'd ask the question then, you know, obviously you've succeeded being an introvert and I think there's many successful business owners, entrepreneurs that are, but what effects has had as being an introvert had on not only on your approach to entrepreneurship, but on your life as a whole, do you think, Ismail? That's a good question. 
I do think that one of the biggest benefits, um, I, I definitely at times wish I was more extroverted as well. <laughs> and I feel um, given, given in certain situations, people probably would describe me as extroverted, but my, my, my default definitely is uh, kind of an introvert, I think. But one of the biggest benefits of being an introvert is similar to how, what I was trying to describe earlier, that you're, that you afford yourself the, the time and the space to kind of withdraw and look yeah. at things um, in a much, uh, and then when, when, once you do withdraw, you then allow yourself the space and the time to to, to look at things um, with more depth, and you can look at things at a much more kind of macro uh, level. And you and and, and um, I think in in the business um, sphere, that's definitely how introversion I think has has, has benefited uh, benefited me. But life as a whole, um, yeah, I, I feel like I just take more time to act or speak um than 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 the average person perhaps and uh, i think that comes with 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 advantages i think uh, i think if we all spoke a bit less and, and, and then listen more i think we'd probably get <laughs> further but um um but yeah I, I definitely uh do feel as a leader there are um uh, benefits to to being able to leverage both of those um mm. kind of uh, skills like whether it's extroversion or introversion um in a way that suits the the context and it's probably true isn't it all good leaders business owners entrepreneurs probably can demonstrate both sides of their personality and like you say there's times when you've got to be a little bit more gun ho a bit more extroverted a bit more kind of self-promoting to put yourself out there and put the business out there but there's times and i think you've you've um explained it really beautifully actually is there's times when you've got to you know not act and yeah. do think about your reaction and and make a considered kind of response or considered action to an event that's taking place so i think yeah probably success is probably the um combination of the two isn't it yeah absolutely um, and yeah and i feel like um uh, i mean i think it, it largely depends on people's definition of of introversion and extroversion for me it's um an extrovert tends to gain energy or becomes re-energized by being around people and an introvert just like gets that energy by being uh, by themselves um yeah. and i think when you when you are with yourself i feel like that the resources available to you of just um headspace uh, reading reading books literature um and, and actually like speaking to people a lot wider than you through the literature um yeah. will probably uh, get you a lot uh further than uh, than speaking to people who are a lot more interested in the here and now rather than taking advantage of a, a much kind of wider um, timeline of, of wisdom. And where do you fit on the piece that, you know, as business owners, business leaders, entrepreneurs, we all have an obligation to our community? I mean, clearly, I think the answer to you're going to say is yes, <laughs> they do. But, you know, what do you think we should be doing more is sort of business owners, entrepreneurs in terms of... In, our communities yeah i feel i feel like um i definitely i definitely think not only businessmen and, and, and or women or entrepreneurs um not only they have an obligation to the community but i think like everyone has has an obligation to the community entrepreneurs just happen to use the vehicle of like commerce or or enterprise to deliver that um, mm. that, that, that or to see through that obligation to the community. But um, what, I, what, what I would personally like to see, um, uh, it, it's really strange because the 
the I, I think everybody has primarily an obligation to themselves um, first, um, and then uh, to the community. And I've seen that kind of firsthand work very well for me, where mm. I've been able to satisfy someone like what I felt were the the urgent um, uh, kind of matters uh, at hand. And uh, once I was able to do that, then it allowed me to free up kind of a much deeper level of consciousness that 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 made me think okay then now what are the what what are my obligations to to those closest around me and and, and my kind of local community and then started to to act uh, upon that and i feel that just anecdotally i feel like that is a very healthy wholesome uh and realistic formula uh, if we get people to to try to overcommit to the community or people at large and ignoring um, kind of the needs of the self um, mm. doesn't, I don't, I don't think it works. Uh, I mean, Naval, um, kind of a very kind of prominent um, uh, thinker and um, tweeter as well, uh, he, uh, he, he, yeah, he, he, he comments how he wishes that everybody just became wealthy um, because if we can teach everyone to become wealthy or everybody becomes wealthy, then they'll realize that, that it's not that and then the, the, their consciousness will be unlocked to then discover the things that are actually going to uh, bring about meaning and value to, to themselves and to the community and, uh, and, and I feel that's the most pragmatic thing we can ask of people yeah and I think there is yeah there's definitely that thing isn't there there's nothing you know there's people that would say and I would agree with this there's nothing wrong with creating wealth mm. and succeeding yes yeah. what you do in, with that wealth and For how sure. you behave when you've done get to that point that's yeah. really important and that's the true sign meaning of worth isn't it and you know there there'll be those that exploit that position and do harm in the world as a result of creating that wealth but it's not the wealth creation it's itself it's their behavior so actually we should all yeah i like you know i would agree with that i'd concur with that is the more people that can get out there succeed and create wealth for themselves and make themselves secure that's great but it's what you do at that point and you know that's great you know, i suppose we go back towards gift match and what you're doing now and, and those kind of things so reversing back to that kind of story where are you on that journey where are you on that kind of business's kind of path really yeah so give, give match has had, had um quite uh, a good 2022 um to date we've raised about um uh over 10 million pounds of charitable donations um and the whole idea, thank, thank you um and the whole idea like behind give match is that um i mean the the the, the underlying kind of philosophy that underpins uh, give match is that when we come together to do good uh, we can enable a better world a lot faster and that's um what give match does essentially it brings uh, warren together with his friends to donate in a way um, to donate as a group rather than as an individual and uh, so that's really kind of the the idea that we want to express in in the world and we've done that um with uh up to like to the tune of 10 million pounds last year um and uh 2023 we have our eyes set on america uh, Canada, um, and hopefully start to grow out over there, and also to um, scale out in terms of our corporate partnerships, um, and hopefully um, onboard uh, kind of bigger name brands and, and, and corporations um, who have uh, kind of very uh, clear CSR goals that we can hopefully um, help them to to achieve. So, Ismail, you know, 
doing great things with Gift Match, raising money for charities, but ultimately, you know, Gift Match is a commercial organization generating its own profits. So where does that fit in the whole kind of peace business model, kind of what you want to do as an individual? No, I, I think that's a that's a fascinating question. I think it's a question that we as a culture need to be kind of a lot more um, kind of honest and, and, and direct about. Um, I feel that we need more examples of people doing well by doing good. Um, and uh, once 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 we demonstrate that that's perfectly possible and um, and perfectly uh, c- commendable, then I think we're gonna we're gonna get much uh, the, the the pool of talent that the space attracts as a result of that is going to help us create a, a much better world for us. So I personally like to see the wealthiest uh, woman or man um, on the planet. Uh, be the one who solves our climate uh, crisis mm-hmm. or um, um, renewable energy or, or healthcare, and uh, I feel that the world should uh, should, should reward those people um, in that way rather than uh, like video games that you know <laughs> um, promote uh, things that most parents wouldn't wouldn't like to their, their kids to see. Put them on the forefront of Forbes magazine with fifty million dollars uh, uh, raised, etc. So I feel like um, we, we need to rethink and kind of push a reset button on how we think about um, profit and uh, good. Um, so I, 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 it is a very sensitive topic, but I think it's, it's time that we as a culture have a much more kind of honest uh, and refreshed look at, look at, look at those things. And, and the, you know, and it, it is a model, isn't it, that works in many ways, you know, having worked with, you know, being a trustee of many charities, you know, charities need to pay and they do pay for either internal fundraisers or external fundraising support and i suppose that's the yeah. way they're doing it in a modern way to leverage that social media social world so it's just finding yeah. a new way of doing things which is great um if we roll forward three years time um where would you like to see gift match it's a tricky one because we don't usually think um think uh that far ahead <laughs> to be honest <laughs> giving us more credit than, than, than we deserve um mo- most of the time we're thinking about how we can survive for the next quarter but, <laughs> but um but then we, we 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 genuinely are very clear about what our mission is and what the version of the world that we'd like to see which is um we want to push the needle slightly on people's kind of comfortableness and keenness to come together um to do good um, and if we can kind of accelerate and promote um, and enrich that uh, that, that, that culture um, within kind of wider society um, every day, uh, that's going to be a win. So if we, if we push the needle 1% in the next quarter and then we push it 10% in, in three years' time, that's always going to be uh, our metrics that will continue, whether it's in year three, year 10, to keep promoting, uh, keep promoting that. Yeah, brilliant. Fantastic. And one of the things that also always fascinates me about entrepreneurs is the other things in life they love to do. And (laughs) anybody that, you know, as a result of this podcast goes to find you on LinkedIn will see that you made this comment. uh, When I'm not on horseback, I build things that I think are cool. (laughs) So where did the passion for horse riding come from and how has it influenced your life, Ismail? Oh, it's it's massively. I was actually out horse riding on on on, on my horse locks um, earlier this morning. Um, yeah, 
my earliest memory of all horses when I was about eight years old, um, uh, my hand in my mum's hand uh, down um, uh, Oxford Street, down central London, um, and seeing uh, a policeman on a horse. And I was like, I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And I was like, mum, I want one of those. <laughs> um, and obviously it was like many, many years later until I uh, was able to, to, to actually take it up myself. Um, but at that point, the fascination grew with horses. Um, then all the fav- all my favourite films then became uh, films with horses in it. <laughs> and uh, so it was typically like uh, um, films like, uh, I don't know, Robin Hood, um, uh, Braveheart, etc. Yeah. Uh, any of those classics. Um, and uh, and then yeah, when I when I uh, was able to uh, like afford horse riding myself, um, then yeah, I, I took it up more more seriously and went into like jumping and um, then bought my own horse. And uh, now uh, I go to see locks and, and then ride uh, uh, maybe two three times a week. Brilliant, fantastic, amazing, and I suppose that's one of the things that gives you balance and that time just to do something. And you, you know, it's like many things, isn't it? When you're riding a horse, you need to focus, and that's your sole thing. And I assume it's a reset for you. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I feel like, especially as with tech entrepreneurs, we spend so much of our time with like in, in, immersed in the digital world um, to have something just so in some in such contrast to that in the in, in the very kind of wild natural world um it, it it's uh it's really um invigorating brilliant fantastic i always end with the same question and that is um and we again i think during the course of this conversation we talked about it a lot but you know what's your personal definition of success ismail <sighs> wow it's a biggie to end with <laughs> yeah yeah it is it is um i feel like that the, the, the uh, uh, someone's idea of that constantly changes depending on where they are in life mm-hmm. um uh but at the moment um my idea of success really is just feeling at peace when i'm doing nothing feeling at peace when i'm doing nothing beautiful fantastic yeah. brilliant if people want to learn more about you want to learn more about gift match where can they go um they can go to givematch.com um and uh when they get there they'll see uh, all the socials uh, for gift match uh as for me um i guess uh, uh podcasts like this until uh, I, I i do more uh, like it perfect fantastic thank you thank you for being a great guest i've really enjoyed our conversation as well I, I thoroughly enjoyed it thanks so much for it Thank you for listening to the Evolve to Succeed podcast. My hope with every episode is that you've learned something new or heard something that challenged your way of thinking and further motivated you on your path towards becoming a more knowledgeable, informed and inspired individual and business leader. If you enjoyed this episode, then please help us by rating, reviewing and subscribing. We really value your feedback and would love to have you along for future episodes. And please don't forget to learn more about Evolve by going to evolvemembers.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week.